1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm Rose James Seltzer. It is Thursday, July the 15th. As we are one day away from the second half beginning for your Philadelphia Phillies. Actually, baseball is back tonight. The Yankees and the Red Sox, a one-gamer to bring us back from the All-Star game, our All-Star break tonight. But tomorrow, the Phillies back at it in action tomorrow as we get to see the start of the second half. 500 baseball team coming into the second half ready to try and make some noise. What a massive start to a second half. For this Phillies team, so much hope. And they start at home, which you love to see. They have a massive, massive home streak to start this second half with only two road games in the middle. They will have four at home against Miami, then two in New York. So a nice, easy day trip up to New York with a day off before. And then they come back for four at home against Atlanta and four at home against Washington. Twelve of the next... 14 games at home and they are against three of the teams in the NL East. It is go time. Like definitive go time. And the importance of this, and, and we'll look to look at some of the the stats. Like I mentioned yesterday, we'll get some of where the players sit heading into this second half and who we need more from, who can make a bigger impact, and and so on and so forth. But Right now, just looking at this start to the second half schedule, and tomorrow we will fully preview the second half of the season and really look where the Phillies are at and their positioning and what needs to happen and look at the Mets schedule and all that type of stuff. But for today, just just looking at this beginning of the second half schedule for for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, I you know I think you can argue other than winning games in September, which you know no problem, right? Phillies have not had any. Any issues, any recent history with that being a problem. But, you know, outside of that, I think it's pretty fair to say that this stretch of baseball right here coming out of the All Star break is the most important stretch of the season for a number of reasons. One, 12 of your next 14 at home, as we just talked about. But, but more importantly, it leads you up to July 29th. Then they go to Pittsburgh for a weekend and it's the trade deadline. <laughs> We're there. So these next 12 of 14 at home are going to help decide what this team does in two weeks at the trade deadline. It's really that simple. If they find a way to win these series, to play good game, let's say they can win 3 of 4, 3 of 4, 3 of 4, or something, and all of a sudden you're not just gaining on the Mets, likely, but you're distancing yourself from these other teams in the division, then Dave Dombrowski might be forced to act. He might be forced into to doing more than than maybe he's planning on right now. I'm not sure. I'm not in that front office. Obviously, I'm not sure where their heads are at. I think the to buy or to sell thing is still up in the air. You know, a week and a half ago, I was saying sell, and and today I'm saying ah, maybe we buy. You know, and look, it, no matter what, personally, at least when when I'm talking about if they're going to buy, I'm not saying go all in. I'm certainly not trading Mick Gable. I think Mick Gable for me the one untouchable player in this farm system right now. But regardless, I mean we've talked so much and especially with the draft a couple days ago and you know the importance of it and all that that the only way that this Phillies organization is going to get to a point where they have long prolonged sustained success is if they start to draft and develop well. I mean, we know it. It's the most obvious statement in the world, but it is also incredibly true and incredibly important, you know, that, that this franchise is where it's at because they've done a bad job drafting and developing players, flat out. Even John Middleton talked about it. The last time he spoke to the media, you know, he talked about it being the, the Phillies' problem for 100 years, and it is. I mean, it is crazy to think when you think about Phillies' history the fact that in their history since 1883 or whatever it is they've only had two periods of sustained success ever in their history we had the the 19 set late 1970s early 1980s team and we had the 07-011. that's literally it you had the 1950 Kids surprise in 1950. You had the 1993 Phillies out of nowhere. That's it. That's it. This is not a team that has made a habit of stringing together good years of baseball year after year after year. It doesn't happen. It's not this franchise's M.O. And the reason for that is a long and storied history of bad drafting and developing. It's the single most important thing with this team. So you can't, when you finally last year, it looks like make a good draft pick in the first round after years and look. Bowman three, you know, the three pick is a, is a very good pick. I'm I'm still in on Alec Bowman long term. We'll talk more about him later. Um, but it was the third pick in the draft. Aaron Nolan at seven, really great pick. It was the seventh pick in the draft. Um, that's it. Hazley Moniac. Cornelius Randolph. I mean, we we know the list. We know the list. We know the misses. There's lots of them. Bryson Stott looks like he might be a player. Fingers crossed. But Mick Gable, the first time in a while, the Phillies have taken someone in the first round, 14th pick no less. And a year later, he's a top 25 prospect in baseball. You know, that's more of that, folks. More of that, not less of that. You can't trade that guy And honestly, you know, they need to find a way, I think, if they are going to become a buyer, if the next two weeks go well, I think the type of buying they have to do is with John Middleton's wallet. That's what I think. And there are a few angles on this. I think the the most obvious one, we'll get to trades in a sec, but the most obvious angle on this is tomorrow, Cole Hamels will have his showcase. A bunch of teams, including the Phillies, will be there to watch him pitch. If Cole looks good, you sign him. That's it. Done. Discussion over. Pony up. Spend some money. And look, I know the Phillies are up against luxury tax. That's been the, the you know, how many times have we talked about it? We haven't talked about a lot this year because, look, they are a top five play- payroll in baseball. They should be better for the money they're spending. But the luxury tax thing is, pardon the phrase, a thing. And it's been a thing. And the question is, will they go over? And if they're willing to go over, the, first and foremost, sign Cole Hamels. Boom. Assuming he looks good, sign him. Right now, you have to have some sort of inside track, I would think, because, you know, you're the team he played most of his career for. He still has a connection to this city. He still loves this city. I bet Cole Hamels would be pretty happy to retire in Philly's print Stripes. And, oh boy, would Cole Hamels make a difference? Assuming he's healthy, obviously it's a, there's an assumption there. But there's a guy who two years ago to three area RA for the Cubs. It's not mind blowing, but you know it's better than Vince Velasquez and Matt Moore. I'll tell you that much. It's better than those guys, flat out. So I think the Hamels thing is such an obvious, clear move, and it works on every level. I mean, it helps your baseball team, and also it. It'll get fans excited. Look, I know that's not the reason to make a move, but when it actually helps your baseball club too, it's got to be a, an extra bonus, right? I mean, how excited would Phillies fans be to have Cole Hamels back? I know I would. I would be all in down there for the first start. Let's go, Cole. So that's an obvious, easy move they need to pony up, and then and then that's where I'm getting to with the money thing because, like we just talked about, like the Phillies cannot afford. To trade legitimate prospects. They can't. They don't have them. They got Mick Abel. They got Bryson Stott. They got Rojas. You know? I don't think Spencer Howard's fetching what he could have a year ago. That's for sure. I'd trade him. <laughs> um, you know, they can't afford to trade the young guys. They can't. They. they it's just too important that these players become players for you or, or, or you know, make a, a meaningful contribution to this team for multiple years down the road. Now, again, look, if if this team were in first place and better, and a real true Chris Bryant, Craig Kimball trade win away from winning the World Series, which I don't think they are now, then then it's a different story. Not McAble, but I'll, I'll talk about everyone else. But they're not there. You know, this is a, hey, can we make a few moves to get this team over the hump? Can we finally make the playoffs? Anything can happen once you're in October baseball. All that kind of stuff. It's not, let's go all the way in and make the biggest move out there. That's not what this team's set up for. And again, look, we've talked so much. I get it. It's a, a weird spot that this team is in, organizationally speaking, where they're at with the fact that they are the fifth highest payroll in baseball. They have made a strong financial commitment to this group of guys, Harper, Wheeler, Nola, Hoskins, though not financial there, McCutcheon, you know, this group, this group is together now. They, they've made a, a financial commitment to this team. They've put a lot of money into this team and they've, Gotten Romuto, of course, and they've DD and they've got guys in their prime. You know, they've got guys where this is the time, the moment for Harper, for Romuto, for Wheeler, for for Didi, for all these guys. Like this is it, it's go time, and yet you're just not that great a baseball team. You know, even though you're all in, so to speak, um, it's not a great baseball team, a- and that's why it is a real conundrum of how do you handle it, how all in do you go on a group that is could make the playoffs. Mostly because they're in a bad division, you know? And you want to win the division. You want to make the playoffs. It's been a decade. Like, that matters. I'm I'm all for that. You know, especially winning the division. That's not a wild card game. You're in the playoffs. Like, that's cool, right? I mean, that's meaningful. That meaningful October baseball year, are you serious? Let's go. But, again, you're in a precarious spot where this team can't afford to mortgage the future for this group. It's not good enough. It's not a, a lock to be a real world series contender. And you can only give those guys away if that's what it is, especially for a farm system in a situation where you don't have a plethora of guys you other teams would be interested in. So they're in a real precarious spot, organizationally speaking, and it's gonna be a really tough decision because again, like this, it's just such a massive start to the second half here. And if they if they can win games you know, it puts Dave in a spot, I and mean, he's got to kind of figure out how he's going to handle it again. Just to to start the second half, it's so massive. Four at home against Miami, off day. Two in New York against the Yankees, then back home for eight straight against the Braves and the Nationals. One day off that whole stretch that that Monday before the Yankees. So it's a lot of baseball in a short period of time. And then you go to Pittsburgh, by the way. Um, so that's another very winnable series. Obviously, um, it's a it's a it's a fascinating spot in the history of this franchise. Certainly, in the moment, this this group of guys. Again, I mean, you could argue this next two weeks is the biggest pivot point we've seen for the Phillies in a little while. Like it is a big, obviously, other than you know win one more game last year and you're in the playoffs, that's a pretty big pivot point. But last year was a sham. Who cares about last year? That's why I look at last year. It didn't even happen, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's a massive pivot point. These next two weeks. How do they play? How do they look? Can they force Dombrowski's hand? Will Dombrowski go all in? Will he go partway in? Will he go in at all? Or conversely, we're only talking about the positives. Like, look, if they come out of this stretch of, of 14 games and they lose 10 of them, lose nine of them, which, again, this team has been pretty consistent in its mediocrity that I don't expect them to just fall apart, especially a little hot right now. But if they do, then it's another question of what do you do if you're Middleton? You sell. You just say, All right, give me your best offer for Zach Wheeler. I don't think they do. But the next two weeks really can shift this franchise in one direction or another in a major way. It's gonna be fascinating baseball. It really is. It's gonna be massive to watch. It's gonna be really fun to watch. And um, you know, again, I'm I'm so all in on uh on the hope that that I didn't have before that I am now starting to feel for this team. So Let's see if uh, it's unfounded or if the Phillies play really good baseball over the next 14 days. And Dave Zembrowski's sitting in there at the trade deadline saying, all right, what do we do? Oh, back to what I was saying before. The other type of trade, by the way, before we move on, um, back to the money thing. Um, the other type of deal I think the Phillies should be looking for is, is teams dumping players. A team that has a guy for, for $4 million left this year who says, you know what, uh, this is stupid. He's a free agent at the end of the year. I, I don't want to pay this salary give us a B-level prospect, just take on the whole salary. Those type of trades will be there. That's the type of move the Phillies need to find. Those exactly. Go find the teams that say, hey, we don't want to pay this guy's salary anymore. We're going to move on. And if that guy makes your team better, then take on that salary. Again, it all comes back to the money at this point. And it's too bad because Middleton has spent a lot of money, but he also hired Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail. And... The sum result of that is that there isn't enough talent in the minor leagues, and that you have to find ways to spend money to make the team better. Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry, John. Blame your former hirees. I guess one of them's still there, of course. Um, but that's the spot they're in. So you know, I, I think that the the realistically. Assuming the Phillies play decent ball. Let's say they don't win 12 of 14, so to speak. and and So there's real excitement and real like, whoa, here we go. Do something. Um, Let's say they win 8 of 14. You know, gain a couple games, you're over 500. The the deadline, or three, four back of the month, somewhere in there. I I think that the type of move the Phillies need to make is find guys that teams want to give away because of the salaries. That's the type of moves they need. Or... The fringe roster moves where you're bringing in a, a middle reliever for a, a B level prospect. A middle reliever for a guy you might not like as much or used to be a better prospect, some other team's higher on. That kind of thing. Those are the type of moves they're going to have to make. We'll see. Again, it, it could all change so quickly. If they win 12 of 14 or lose 10 of 14 or whatever, one way or the other, I mean, it's a massive difference in where we sit in two weeks from now and what they're going to do. It's, again, It's such a pivot point for this team. It's a really massive, fascinating thing to watch. And um, all we can do is really hope for the best um, and hope that they win games and that they force the front office to help out. Because I do think that, look, again, while I don't think that this team is a World Series contender, I definitely think they can win this horrible division. The way it's set up now, the way these teams are set up, if they can add a piece or two, if they can add Cole Hamels and a and a reliever, you know, they could win the division. That's something that's exciting. We should be excited about that. So if they can find a way to make that happen, I think that would just be a real real exciting thing for Phillies baseball. But, again, they have to do it smart. They can't do it at the expense of the future. That is the most important thing. All right, quickly, before we get out of here, I want to take a look just at where some guys are sitting Heading into the second half and kind of what to expect. Guys who can really make a difference heading into the second half. Um, J.T. Romuto. Homers in the All-Star game. And, look, has missed some games. But um, I think there's a better version of J.T. Romuto that we can see in the second half. He's been fine. Uh, 808 OPS. It's, uh, nothing to sneeze at. A 268 average. It's fine. 370 OBP. That's good. 8 homers and 34 RBI in 276 plate appearance. So he's played 70 games. Fine, you know it's okay. It's not great. You want more from JT? Has obviously not been throwing guys out at the same pace as last year's all that. But I'm hoping all-star game, hitting the homer, getting to go play with the big dogs. The slight against Zach Wheeler. Interesting thing a, a caller on WIP said that kind of resonated with me was was I hope that Zach Wheeler and the Phillies take this as a slight. Zach Eflin tweeting out the disrespect and the Phillies co-sign that, that this is something in this team that they look at it and say, that, you know, we got disrespected nationally. Like, the Phillies are not taken seriously. Like, let's use this as fuel. We'll see. Um, wishful thingy, maybe, but but we'll see. So I think there can be more gotten from JT. That's big. I really do. Hoskins. The guy's got a 313 OBP. You can't tell me that, that that we can't get a better second half from Hoskins. He got 20 homers. So, like, you know... He's been contributing from the power perspective. He's leading the team in RBI with 55 RBI. Like, he has not been a train wreck, but the 235 average and the 313 OBP, like we know Reese Hoskins. He's a 370 OBP guy, at least. I think there's a better version of Hoskins that we can see. Just going through the lineup here. Segura, nothing to complain about. 322 average. Just need to, Segura, just keep doing what you're doing, Gene. Literally. I got nothing to say to you, but keep hitting. DeeDee. Another one where we could see, a, I think, a much, much better version of him in the second half. A little rest here, come back. Now, defensively, it's going to be a a wild ride, but the pop's still there. You know, seven homers and and 165 plate appearances is is pretty good for him. He's only played 41 games. You know, if you extrapolate that out over a full season, it's a uh, 28-homer season or whatever a 27-homer season, that'll that that that'll play, you know, and, and he has not played much. So 7-homers, you like that. The average at 225, the OBP at 273 just tells you there's a much better version of Didi here, and that could really make a difference. Finishing out, going through the lineup, Alec Boehm on the IL, obviously, with the COVID thing. Had started to heat up uh, towards the second half, uh, beginning of the second half, had the homer in the game in Boston. We'll see. But I think if you're looking at, at an X-factor type guy for this team, someone who just by getting back to where we thought they'd be, could have the most dramatic impact on this team. It's it's this guy. It's Alec Boehm. I mean, we counted on him as a big part of this offense coming into the year, and he just flat out hasn't been. I mean, not great. You know, 243, 298, 343 slash line. The 343 slugging is particularly damning. He's got a 641 OPS. I mean, that's awful. Horrendous. So I do think Alec Bohm, you know, get him back, get him healthy, and – you know, if he can go out and do some damage offensively, I mean, getting the average up to 243 alone shows that he's been progressing. He needs to lift the ball a little more. But I think Boom, the one guy you look at and say, he could have a massive, massive impact on this team if he can turn around. McCutcheon's been good. You know, I know he started horribly, but, but uh, you know, 15 homers on the season. Really, since the start of June, he's been a great player for this team. You just need him to keep that up. Odubo Herrera. Back to being a rare, as expected. Uh, 241 average, 292 OBP, 390 slugging, 682 OBS. Guess what? Not that good. Honestly, if they're looking for a bat, a center fielder makes the most sense. It is still funny enough, after this whole thing, the, the Mickey Moniac of it all, the Roman Quinn of it all, the worst position in baseball of it all for the first month. We were talking about historic horrendousness from the center field position. To start the season. Funny enough that we get back here. And other than Boehm, you know, who I think it will be better. It is better. Center field, the weakest spot on the team yet again. We're back there. Who to thunk it? At least offensively, of course, defensively. It's a real, a real fight for that spot. Um Oduble, not great. You know, you hope that he can kind of get into another hot streak. He's a hot and cold guy. If he can get into a hot streak in the second half, that'll obviously help when he is hot. He is a dynamic player for this team, but um, has been just ice for a while and is on the 10-day IL right now as well. So that's a that's a spot uh, uh, up in the air spot. And we'll talk more about that tomorrow. We'll talk about some of the key spots that can make a difference. And then last Harper in the lap, like um, starting to eat up again. You know, Harper, not having the season you want him to yet. He's only played in 68 of the games so far this season. Obviously, the team has played 88 games, so Harper has missed 20 games on the season. Um, so, uh, you know, you want to see Harper... In that lineup, more uh, moving forward, but still 15 homers. The average at 278. The OBP at 375. The slugging at 516. The OPS of 891 is is really good. It's the best on the team. You know, Bryce Harper, the guy. I think we all know. You know, if that dude can just turn it on, he can carry this team. Uh, pitching, obviously, bench guys: Brad Miller, Torres. You know, Nap, Luke Williams. I love these guys. I feel so much better about the bench than I did before. Um, Just need guys to stay healthy so those guys don't get pressed into more action they can handle. Pitching-wise, we all know. You know, Wheeler's superstar stud fighting for a Cy Young, assuming DeGrom doesn't just own it. Uh, Eflin, 3880, ERA. that's nice. I think you're pretty happy with where Eflin's at. You know, you want to see a little more consistency, but had some nice outings to end the sec first half. So you have a good uh, Nola is the biggest question mark. Obviously, Velasquez and Matt Moore, they need to fill one of those holes if they're really going to get 10. Cole Hamill's the most obvious answer for that. And again, we'll talk more about real previewing tomorrow, the second half. But um, Aaron Nola, I think the real pivot guy there. And then we'll talk more about the bullpen tomorrow, too. But tomorrow we'll talk more about these pivot guys. Alec Bohm, Aaron Nola, like these guys who who I mean, because look, the Phillies are 500 and three and a half back of first place. And Aaron Nola's a four-five-three area on the season. A four-five. 3 ERA on the season. That's horrendous. So Aaron Nola, one of those guys who really... We'll talk more about those guys tomorrow. The pivot guys. The X-Factor guys. The guys who could turn this season around as we really preview what's coming up. Marlins, Yankees, Braves, Nats. And then we'll look at. But these 14 games can turn this season one way or another. So tomorrow, we'll look at more of these players specifically. We'll look at Nola. We'll look at Boom. We'll look at these guys who... Their performance alone can really change the trajectory of this team season. Then we'll look more at the the deeper second half schedule and really what this team has to do to compete with the Mets for this division, how this division will shake out and really, truly preview the second half. It'll be lots of fun. Thank goodness we have Phillies baseball back tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.